Hey, I'm Pastor Joel, and just want to say thank you for downloading or streaming this message today. My prayer for you is that you're blessed by the content that you hear. As a church, our desire is to make disciples of Jesus, and we do that by helping people to trust and follow Him in every aspect of their daily life. So if this is something that blesses you, we just hope that you'll feel free to share this with others so that they might be encouraged and challenged by it as well. from him more clearly because everything else is being stripped away and for the first time in a long time or maybe ever you're finally listening to God you're hearing him as you spend time in his word you're hearing from him as you spend more time in prayer even if your prayers are just taking your needs to God you're listening for his response to those things and so my hope is that you're bringing your fears and your anxieties and your worry and you're just laying those things down at the feet of Jesus. And so uh, I have to tell you that when I was a child and I would have nightmares in the middle of the night, and that happened to me pretty frequently, I was just one of those kids that had a lot of, uh, of nightmares. And, and I can tell you that one of the things that helped me most was to run into my parents' room and just get in bed with my parents and say, you guys, I just need you to hold me. I just wanted to, the comfort of being wrapped up in their love, right? Now, as a parent myself who has kids who every now and then have those same kind of things, I can tell you that I face the same thing. And there is nothing scarier in the world than waking up to a face staring at you like this and going, dad, can I get in bed with you? And it's like, no, son, we need to go get in your bed because my sheets need to be changed, right? Like there's nothing scarier than that. Uh, and so for us, when we think about this, though, what we long for, and if you're taking notes this morning or following along with us on our app, here's what I want you to write down. What we long for in times of fear and anxiety and stress and worry is comfort. That's what we want. That's why the kid runs to their parent when they're scared. They want to be comforted. That's why we need to run to God as our father to be comforted. Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Man, we've got some things going on in our world that are bringing us to a place of grief and mourning and difficulty. And it's not just the virus, right? I mean, like I know last night watching uh, Facebook and seeing some different things and hearing from my friends that I started noticing there were tornadoes that ripped across Arkansas last night in, in a city where I have former students who live and, and who work. And so there are things that have been destroyed. I woke up this morning and saw a church in my hometown that had been hit by lightning during the storms this morning and was completely engulfed in flames and is probably going to be a total loss. We have all of these things that cause us anxiety and fear and worry. And I don't know what yours is right now. Maybe COVID-19 is at the top of that list. Maybe it's not even on your radar because you've got so many other big things going on in your life. But we need to know that we can run to someone who can wrap us up in their arms and comfort us through those things. And that's where we're so glad we see scripture and what the apostle Paul teaches us about God. And so if you will look at second Corinthians chapter one, and let's start in verse two together. This should appear on your screen. If you're watching from home, grace and peace to you from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. 
For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despised of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope and he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. And so this morning, if you're taking notes, I want you to see how Paul describes God in this passage. In these very first brief verses, few verses, he has two words of description for God. Number one, he says that God is the father of compassion. Like that's how Paul sees God. He says, God is the father of compassion. We're going to talk more in depth about what that word means in just a minute. But the second descriptor that Paul gives us of God is he says, he is the God of all comfort. Not just a little comfort, not some comfort. He is the God of all comfort. He is the God that we can come to with every need and lay them down before him. And he knows how to comfort us. So if you want to know right now how God desires to act towards you, he desires to act in compassion and he desires to move toward you with comfort. Uh, this word compassion is a, uh, a Greek word. The Greek word is, uh, is oiktirmos. Uh, and in the NIV, it may be translated mercy. There's a different way that you can translate this. But this Greek word oiktirmos means this, to be moved deeply. And in the Greek, it's connected to your bowels. Right, So if you're homeschooling your kids now and you need a, a science or a biology lesson for this week, here you go. Word play from scripture. Talk about the bowels. And this is what God is telling us in this passage is he's saying, God sees us in our needs and he's moved to the deepest part of himself. Right? What a great picture. What a great play on words. That God is moved. And God, when he's moved in compassion, his compaction always results in action. He never just sees us in our needs and goes, oh man, I feel for you. I mean, I just, I, I take in what you're feeling. And I'm just feeling that same thing. God always in his compassion moves toward us in action. And so he comes to us to comfort us. He desires to put his comfort into action. He doesn't look at you in your distress, in your hurt, in your anxiety, in your worry, in your fear, and just say, well, good luck with that. God moves towards you. He comes running onto the scene and he grabs you up to comfort you just like a child who needs to be comforted when they've had a bad dream. And so the question we would ask ourselves then is why does God do that? Why does God feel the need to do that? And so here's the answer in verses four and five. He who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. 
Now, if you have a, a physical Bible with you, or maybe you're on the Bible app this morning and you want to write some things down or, or you want to underline something, I would encourage you to do this. Paul says, God comforts us in our troubles so that, underline those words or circle those words, highlight those words, God comforts you in your troubles so that you can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort you've received from God. This becomes a cyclical thing. You and your trouble go to God. He comforts you. He teaches you then in his comfort how to go and comfort others. Here's what we find happening in this verse as we read this. If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. God designs and allows our discomfort so we may learn from him how to comfort others. That's what God's doing in this. He says, God allows and even designs your discomfort, the things that you go through. God is not unaware of what you're going through, but he designs and allows those things to teach you how he's comforted you so you can be a comfort to others. John Foreman, the lead singer of the band Switchfoot, one of my favorite bands, he wrote this in a tweet a few years ago, and I had captured it and remembered this tweet. He said, compassion makes you realize what you have in common with the rest of humanity. Like that's what compassion does. It reminds me, I have compassion given to me from God his comfort has come to me. And so now when I see the needs and the hurt and the problems of others, it reminds me what I have in, in common with them and I wanna move toward them to act in compassion and to comfort them. And so I know in my life, I've been the beneficiary so many different times and in so many different ways of people who have been through difficult things, really heartbreaking things. And now as I go through struggles in my life, I'm grateful for how they're able to step in and say, here's how I navigated that season. Here's what I did as I went through that. Here's what God taught me about myself and about my situation. I've been so thankful for that. As I watch my mom struggle with Alzheimer's, I'm thankful for people who speak into my life and just say, here's how you just love her. Here's how you just treat her well and honor her well as your mom during this season. It's difficult. How do you honor your dad as he's the primary caregiver for your mom and as he's got this load and this burden on him that he's carrying? How do you just love them well during this time? And so I'm grateful for people who do that. You know, as a pastor, I often have the opportunity and the privilege of, of counseling people who go through really difficult circumstances and situations, things that I haven't been through in my life that I don't have a lot of awareness or knowledge about. This season is particularly one that is difficult as people are, are going through a pandemic in our country. I don't know about you, but I've never lived through a pandemic in our country before. I don't necessarily know how to help people navigate everything that they're going through, but I'm grateful for other pastors, other men in my life, other, other people that I know who can say, man, this is how you can encourage someone, counsel someone, walk with them through grief, through the loss of their jobs, different things that are, they're facing. Our staff team this week, in an effort to, to be better equipped to know how to comfort people and grief counsel people that are going through some difficult times or will in the future as this thing drags on and if it continues on for long, we're having a counselor come in and talk to us this week in our online staff meeting to just say, here's how you walk with some people through grief and through difficulty. So I'm grateful for people who know how to deal with those things. But I want you to know that the things you've been through that when you look back on your past and you consider that season, the dark night of the soul, 
the things that you went through that were so hard, God knows what you went through and comforted you through those things so that you can be a comfort to others. God always uses people most to comfort others in what you're now, what they're going through that you have been brought through. I want you to hear this. I want you to get this. God uses you most to comfort others who are now going through what God has brought you through. Right, and so if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to look at someone in the room. This is gonna come up on the screen for you. And I want you to look at somebody in the room if you're with your family, your spouse this morning, a friend, whatever, or if you're not with anybody, text this to somebody and just tell them because I think this is good. Just write this down, say this out loud. I can comfort someone who's going through what I have been delivered from. Right, go ahead and look at somebody or text somebody or call somebody, whatever you need to do, and just tell them, look, I can or you can comfort someone who's going through what you have been delivered from. Right, like that's a powerful thing for us to think about. If God has brought you out of something, an addiction, maybe he's brought you through something where there's been an abusive situation, you've faced a medical crisis in your past, a financial hardship, a parenting emergency, you have something special to bring to someone who's now in that same place you were. And what God has delivered you from, someone else is walking through and you can be the form of God's comfort to them. If you'll see with compassion where people are and move toward them. God didn't bring you out of something to simply feel gratitude that you're no longer in that desperate situation. God brought you out of your dark night of the soul in order to be a comfort for others. And so I want us to keep looking forward in this verse that Paul wrote in this passage, 2 Corinthians. Look at verses 8 through 11. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8 he says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him, we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf by the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Now I gotta be honest with you, I love Paul's honesty here. Sometimes we think about the men and women in scripture as if they're superhuman in some way that they don't go through difficult things. Or, or we know that they do go through difficult things, but they're so super spiritual and God had his hand of favor on them so much, they just kind of flew above it all. Like it didn't really impact them, right? We don't realize that they were human. They were human. The writers of scripture, the people who lived with Jesus and in the first century, his followers, his disciples, they were humans just like you and I. They felt fear, they felt worry, they felt anxiety, they felt pain. And Paul is saying here, I didn't just feel difficulty. I got to a point, I wanted to quit. Not only did I want to quit, I thought death was coming for me. Like it got so bad for Paul. He said, we felt like we'd been given the sentence of death. 
and so he looks at all of this and he goes, but there is something big that came out of it. And we don't know exactly what Paul is referencing to here when he says he went through some things. Maybe he was dealing with being tortured. That's one thing that, that commentators put forward. Other people say that he had an illness that was lingering and they brought him to the place of death that he thought he was going to die. Here's what we do know. At some point in the struggle, he thought it was all over. He thought he was gonna die. He thought he wasn't gonna be able to make it. And when I read that sentence this week of just saying the world has gotten so difficult, so bad, it's so hard, I just wanna die or I thought I was gonna die. It reminded me of something, two things that popped into my mind as I read that sentence over and over again this week. The first was Job and what he went through. And the second was some similarities that we're experiencing in our culture and in our day to what Job went through. Not exactly. Job went through maybe the most difficult crisis you can imagine, but there are some similarities. And I want us to see this. If you think back to Job's story, Job in the, the scriptures, God gave Job, uh, or excuse me, God gave Satan permission to test his servant Job. And he said, you can do anything you want to him, just don't physically touch him, at least at first. He said, you can't physically touch him, don't harm his body. But here's some of the things that he went through. Job, in one day, in a matter of minutes, Job is standing around and a servant runs in and he says, hey, we were out in the fields and your oxen and your donkeys have been stolen by raiding parties and all of your servants have been killed. I'm the only one left. Before he barely gets that breath out and that sentence out, someone else comes in and says, your sheep and your shepherds were killed by fire. All of your servants are dead in the field. I'm the only one that left. Before he even gets that sentence out, someone else runs in and says, there was a raiding party and your camels were taken and all of your servants that were watching your camels have been killed. That guy barely gets those words out before another servant runs in and says, your sons and your daughters were all at your son's house. They were having a party together. There was a meal that was going on and a wind blew through. The whole house collapsed. All of your children and all of your servants that were there are dead and I'm the only one who escaped. Job got hit with one thing after another, after another, after another. And when I thought about that, while I understand we're not in exactly the same situation, there are some similarities I think that we face today. Just in the last two weeks, do you remember when you got the news, hey, all the spring sports are gonna be canceled. You're not gonna be able to do anything with sports this spring. Then like a few days later, we go, hey, you know what? Spring break is gonna happen and don't send your kids back to school. In fact, we're gonna cancel school a week early if you were in the city schools. Right, like it just was taken away from us. Then we started hearing, hey, gatherings of more than 10 people can't happen. You need, to, you need to stay six feet away from everybody and no more than 10 people in a space at a time. And so all of a sudden, church was taken away from us. We had to begin worshiping online like this. And I'm just gonna tell you guys, when you come back to our church in a few weeks or a few months or whatever this period of time is, I'm gonna be standing outside the doors of the worship center and I'm gonna hug every single one of you. So come prepared, all right? When we have the all clear, there's gonna be a hug fest going on because I haven't been able to touch anybody but my family in two weeks. So I'm gonna be hugging you guys. But all of these things started happening. Then we got the news. Hey, some businesses are closing. Hey, your job is gonna be gone. 
And it was just one thing after another, after another, sports, school, don't be at church, your job's gone away. We just kept getting this news. And all of a sudden, the rise of fear and anxiety and worry, and what am I going to do in this season of life? All of these things start coming to the surface and creeping in. And we start to look around and ask God why these types of things are happening. And Paul offers some perspective as we look back at these last few verses that we read together. In the middle of verse nine, he says, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And in verse 10, he says, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him, we've set our hope and he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Now listen, here's a popular statement that gets made among Christians. And some people even think this is scripture. Have you ever heard the statement, God will never give you more than you can handle? Yeah, there are people who quote that like it's a Bible verse. Let me tell you something. It's not in the Bible. If you go searching for it, you won't find God will never give you more than you can handle. Here's what you will find, not in a verse, but in context as it's written out in all of scripture. God will never give you more than he can handle. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling right now, whatever anxiety, fear, pain, difficulty, whatever you're struggling with, God will never give you more than he can handle. And so Paul says, God allowed all of these things to happen so that we would not depend on ourselves, but on him. Like that's the goal is we need to depend on him. We need to put our focus on him. We need to be running to him during these times and go, God, I, I can't handle all the stress. I can't handle the burden. I can't handle what I'm going through. I need to lay these things at your feet and see you take care of these things because I can't do this. But God, I know you're way bigger than I am. You're way more powerful than I am. You in your sovereignty can handle everything I'm going through. So bring your burdens and lay them at the feet of Jesus. And here's the ultimate comfort in all of this. And Paul tells us in those verses, he says, listen, when you think about this, God in verse 10, he has delivered us from such peril, deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. Guys, that is good news. Ladies, that is awesome news for you. God has delivered us. You look back at his track record. You see the past of what he's done to walk with you through difficult things. God has delivered us and he will deliver us again. The God we serve can bring us through anything that we face. In fact, I don't know if you're not a follower of Jesus. I don't know how you make it through some of the most difficult things that happen in life. I honestly don't know how people who don't have a faith in Jesus really rest because at the end, if there results in loss of life, loss of job, loss of whatever, God is the one in the end who when it comes to the place where you say, I would despair even to the point of death, God is the only source that can bring us to life after death. I had a friend this week who lost his wife to a years long battle with cancer. And we've watched them go through that for years. But on the other side of her death 
is a waking up in eternity with Jesus in everlasting life. That's the hope we have as followers of Jesus that the rest of the world doesn't have. You might make it through the difficulty in this world, but ultimately when you die, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have eternal abundant life. And so my encouragement to you this morning, if you're watching and you're not a follower of Jesus, first, I just want to say thank you for being curious enough to check out our service today and to be able to watch church from home, from the comfort of your, your living room or your bedroom or wherever you are. But I want you to know that Jesus has something for you. He has compassion for you and he has comfort for you. And it comes in the space of him giving his life up and experiencing death to be able to rescue you from death. And here's what he asks of us as his followers. And if those of us who would be curious, if you're not a follower of Jesus, he would say, I simply want you to turn to me and run to me. Confess your need for me and then follow me for the rest of your life. When you turn to Jesus and when you lay everything down at his feet, he transforms you into a brand new creation. And he makes you something different than you've been in the past. He's gonna call you his child. And just like a child who runs to their parent after a nightmare when they're terrified in the middle of the night, and that parent picks them up and says, I'll lay down with you or come and lay in my bed with me and let me just comfort you. God does the same thing for us. He comforts us in our distress. He moves toward us in our time of need. But then I love how Paul closes this out. He finishes the verses by telling us that the prayers of the people are so strong. In verse 10, he says, we have our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Verse 11 says, as you help us by your prayers. And so Paul said the most powerful thing that we can experience and that we can do in all of this world is to bring our needs to one another in prayer. That we need to be praying for one another. We need to be lifting each other up. We made it our effort as an elder team, leadership team, your small group leaders, our staff team. We've tried, and if you've been missed, let us know, but we've tried to contact every single person in our church over the last week or so just to check in. How are you doing? Is there anything you need? How can we serve you and love you during this time? And I know that's a question you're getting from a lot of people. Are you okay? Do you need anything? Is there anything going on in your life that we can help with? But here's what I wanna encourage you with. Take off that mask of, yeah, everything's fine. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm strong. I don't have any worries. I don't have any fears. I don't have any anxieties. Take that off. And when somebody asks, let them know what you're really thinking. Are you fearful? Do you have worry? Is there anxiety? Do you have a financial problem right now? Is there a need that needs to be met for you physically? Do you need somebody who can go grocery shopping for you? Do you need some food? Like, what is it that you need? Don't be afraid to let other people know how to serve you. And maybe even more importantly than that, how to pray for you. And so here's how I want us to wrap up our time together this morning. We're just gonna pray for one another. 
And as you're watching from home, if you're on Facebook or you're on uh, the website and you're watching, there should be a place where you can just type in comments that you can respond during this. And, and so we love to know that you're out there watching. We love to hear from you during the stream. But here's what I want you to do. If you have something right now that you just need people to pray for, will you type those things in? Ask for prayer. Paul said that, and I love it, on him, on Jesus, we've set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Our hope isn't in our ability to pray for each other. Our hope is in Jesus, the one we're praying to. He has delivered us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf in the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. And so Paul says, as you pray, you're helping us. So share your prayer needs. Email our church. You can email us at contact at gracekingsport.org. You can type stuff into Facebook. If you're on the hub, our Facebook group, you can type stuff in there. We wanna know how to pray for you. And so as prayer needs start being typed in and start coming up on the scroll there, if you're sitting at home, would you gather your kids around you, your spouse around you, your friend that's with you? And would you just pray for some needs that you start to see come up? And as you do that, I'm gonna pray here. And so Father God, we just come before you this morning, Lord, and we ask Jesus for your comfort to be with us, for your compassion to be with us. Father, we know that there is no one like you. We know that you are the God we can bring our needs to, that we can lay things at your feet. And Father, I just pray and ask during this time as people let us know what their prayer concerns are. Father, you already know our hearts. You know our needs. There's not a thing in life that you're not aware of. But God, as we become aware of the needs of people, help us to be prayerful for them, but help us also to move in compassion to go out and reach those needs in the best way that we can. And so Father, I pray for people who are struggling with loss of income because jobs are changing right now. Lord, I pray for the parents who are doing their best to, to bring education to their kids and school their kids during this time when they're not used to that. Father, I pray for people who are struggling because they don't have enough food right now. Lord, as we become aware of those needs, would you help us to know how to meet those needs? God, I pray for our first responders who are dealing with crisis situations right now. I pray for doctors and nurses, medical personnel. Father, we know that there are great needs that exist in our world. And we know that things are a mess in so many different places. And I just ask God for you to, to bring hope to people through medical personnel who are working with them. God, I pray for our government leaders as they're making difficult decisions. And Father, as there are things that are going on in our world that, that none of us have really dealt with, and hard judgment calls are being made, I just pray, Father, that you would help them to do the right thing. I pray for us as the citizens of this country that we would be less willing to throw stones at our leaders who are making decisions and more willing to show grace 
knowing that they're dealing with things that they've never dealt with in the past as well. God, help us to, to be diligent, to do what we're asked, but also to have a heart to go and serve and love people. And so Jesus, during this time, I just pray that we will know your power. Father, for the person who's watching this morning that doesn't know you as Savior, God, would you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, draw them to you for salvation. Father, allow them to just confess their sins, confess their need for you, and come to you with childlike faith. They don't have to know everything. They don't have to have all of their questions answered at this point. They just need to know they need you. And you alone are their source of strength and hope and compassion and mercy during this time. So God, thank you. Thank you for being the God of all comfort. We trust you, Father, and we run to you in this time. And I ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for checking out our message today. We hope you were challenged and blessed by it. We want to invite you to come and worship with us in person if you live in the Tri-Cities area. We meet on Sunday mornings at 9 and 1045 a.m. at One Fellowship Point in Kingsport, Tennessee. You can also get more information about us from our website or our mobile app. Have a great day.